Telling It Like It Is program with Apostle Dr. Baker, J. Baker. And I am so excited today. I get the honor and the privilege of having teacher Tina Wiggler uh, with me today. She's a part of Apostle Eddie's congregation. She's also administrative uh, duties with the council, uh, the senior council, and she's just a joy to everyone. I mean, she is just just amazing. So I wanted to tell you about herself and I'm going to give her enough room to be able to do it. This woman is brilliant. Okay. <laughs> this woman is alive. So uh, without any further me talking, I'd like to introduce and to welcome my guest, uh, uh, teacher Tina Wiggler. Thank you for my program. <laughs> oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. It's an honor to be here. And, um, you wanted me to discuss about being and serving on the senior council. I want you to talk about who you are. I want you to I am. know who you are. I just want you to be you. I just want you to go wherever you want to. <laughs> I know we titled it, but you know, it, it yeah. titles can change. It all depends okay. on what comes so, out of you. I was born and raised in California. Um, my I was raised in a single parent household. My mom... Um, immigrated from Mexico and there's 10 of us. Whoa. There was 10 children and I'm number five. And it just <laughs> dawned on me, five is the number of grace. And, oh, so um, <laughs> I was out of, out of the 10 children, I was the first one to um, continue my education on to college. You know, I got scholarships. I, you know, I studied and I knew we lived in poverty, but I knew that the only way to get out and to get out of this poverty mindset was to educate myself. And at first, my first language was Spanish, but I didn't want to deal anything. I didn't want to be reminded of, okay, I have to learn English and I had an accent and, but the Lord always brings me to Spanish speaking <laughs> for whatever reason they find me. Do you speak Spanish? Can you help me? Can you? Oh, sure. Yes. Okay. And I had to learn. I mean, I had to learn how to speak Spanish all over again. But I have a knack for languages. I like to pick up languages. And even if I can just say a little bit, because I like to travel. And if I can, the fact that you make an effort to speak their language, to learn a little about somebody else's culture, it endears you to them. So they are so helpful to, you know, um, uh, so I know a little bit also of uh, German, and even though I'm em embarrassed sometimes to speak the German, but they tell me, oh, no, you're doing good. Yeah. And so they're so helpful that I make an effort to get to know and a little bit of their culture, to learn a little of the languages. And I remember when I was in Germany, in the, uh, the way the country is divided, you have north, south, you have the middle they have their own dialect. Well, the people who live in Swabish, they're like, they speak German, but they also speak Swabish, which is the other people in Germany cannot understand them. And so I was with, with some, my um, uh, nephew and nieces and we're walking, going to a carnival and I answered something and everybody around me go, Tina's speaking Swabish. And so they said, Tina, did you learn Swabish? And I said, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just repeating the words you're saying. So, you know, but it was so, they were so shocked that how can she 
speak our dialect, you know? So, and I can't carry a conversation, but I might say a little few words. And they were so appreciative, you know, that someone can learn that dialect and learn a few words. So languages intrigue me, but um, uh, I learned from my mom and here's some key words. What I mean, going through poverty, raising 10 kids on your own, not speaking the language. She never uh, learned to drive. Everything was by bus. She could transport. She could get on the bus and go to Grand Central, go here. She knew the bus lines. So I always thought when I get up, I'm not going to be dependent. I'm going to go wherever right. I want to go and I'm going to explore. I'm not going to be trapped within my city. So I love to travel. And um, <laughs> one thing that my uh, mom is watching and observing my mom, that there's wisdom in, in simplicity. Okay. Yes. And there's also authority in silence. So when you're silence, it's not because you have nothing. Sometimes you're taking your authority and not saying things until the right time when the Lord releases you to say something. And sometimes these simple little things, principles to live by is that she taught me that you could be the poorest, but you could be the richest. And you know, you're, not, you're not the poorest, but God has blessed you. He has blessed you so that you don't have to live in that financial poverty. You don't no, have to live in that. He's made me so that I'm not, I mean, I didn't even realize that I, because I kept on thinking I have to work, I have to save, I have to do. And when I wanted to retire, I go, no, I can't retire. And yet I got confirmation from three people that, oh, are you ready to retire? The Lord showed me that, that, you know, and one was a prophetess who happens to be blind. And she goes, I can't tell how old you are because I can't see you. But are you thinking of retiring? And she goes, because the Lord told me he's provided well for you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I didn't have to continue to work. You know, it's like it's time to take to take it. And it comes to the point where you realize, yes, he has blessed me. And I look for those blessings. And when I go into a grocery store, or I go into if there's long lines, it's not because, oh, there's too many people here. Oh, it's too crowded. It's because wherever I go. I bring the blessing. Yes. And that's what I recognize. Okay. I may have been found a perfect spot. I got in. I'm in line. I bring the blessing wherever I go. So that means that it gets crowded after I enter, you know, because I'm blessing the establishment. It's not that's because, it. oh, I'm impatient and I got to get out of here. I have to recognize that wherever I go, I'm blessing that establishment. I know one thing you bless, you sure bless the senior council. Thank you. I do. You that's how I met you. I met you uh, as part of the senior, uh, uh, the senior council and you were administrating and stuff. And this is one of the questions that I want to ask you. How mm -hmm. you see our weaknesses, you see our strengths, you see, uh, you've seen and heard things about us that most people don't, don't have, uh, are privy to. Mm -hmm. uh, I've never seen where you have disdained or you have, uh, you, tell me about that. Tell because me proximity. I've, I've held positions of, of management 
you know, I worked for, in California, we have Kaiser Medical Insurance. And I was, uh, I had management positions. I had, was an assistant manager to, I had 80 people working under me, respiratory and cardiology. So I had physicians as under me in my department. I had nurses under me. I had technicians. I had respiratory therapists. I have a vast different, and I had to know how to treat each different person. Because of course I'm not a physician, but when I deal with the physician and I'm letting them know what the circumstance, I have to address them, you know, respecting the credentials, respecting why I can't give this, it's not in the budget, go back and work the proposal, you know, and they may be upset because they're, I need this now, you know, but we have to bring things to their level. And yet I can talk to someone who has a one-year education on the job training and explain to him how to do. So you have to meet each person, giving them respect and integrity, you know, that, um, that so that they don't walk away not being listened to, you know. And when, when I'll tell you one thing, in the Kaiser system, it's hard to get rid of a manager. They are, you cannot fire, I mean, and, and I was in a department where they fired the manager. And so I was the interim until they could replace somebody. And they wanted to make me, I said, you can't make me a manager because I'm too close. I said, if you bring someone from the outside, I'll bring them up to spar with what's going on, but I can do more behind the scenes and accomplish things than I can being put center front. So it was okay with me not to be a manager. I was the assistant, you know, but if I was the manager, there was 30 grievances with the union. And we had a wait list for certain things of took two years to be able to get an outpatient test. And once we got in and we got a right phys uh, physician to come in, he was new and um, it's like, I'm telling them, this is how you're gonna do it. First, you talk to this group and you present them, give them papers to read because they're gonna resist you. I said, and then you, you hold a little meeting and you discuss, and then you come back and says, okay, I gave you the opportunity. Now this is how we're gonna do it. I said, and you lay out your plans, but you don't come in and try to run things, right? And so then he goes, how did I do? I said, oh, you did really well. So now, and you know, but that's how I see myself like a stealth bomber. I can come in under the radar and make changes. And that's exactly what we do with prayer, isn't it? Oh, we go wow. in. Yes. Go ahead. And so that's how um, I've managed to do it. I don't have to be the, the in the forefront. I always come behind and try to get things get them up to par um, and instruct people as to why we have to do it this way, you know? Um, so I've always had that teacher instinct to show how to get things done. You know, why do we have to do it this way? Because in patient care, in patient care, I mean, you wanna make sure you don't hurt the patient. It's a human being that's in your hands and in your care. And for 15 years, I worked taking care of newborn babies, you know, I worked with, they can't tell you what's wrong with them. So you have to observe, you have to look for clues. 
Oh, the heart rate's going up. Oh, the oxygen's going down. What's going on? Because they can't tell you I'm in pain. I can't breathe. But you have to be observant and look at the signs to know what's going on and how to take care of that baby. Do you find that you uh, do you find that you use a lot of these same tactics because it sounds like God gave all of these to you? But you know, I have noticed you and you're like a skilled surgeon in working with people, the things that you do for people and you do them under, uh, you know, nobody really knows. I mean, the food, the, the, yes. the things to people, the, uh, the serving that you do, the, the watching the apostles, cause you're also, uh, assist apostle Eddie. Yes. And he has a multiplicities of things going on. And, um, it, it's, uh, you know, there's so much in you, uh, but it, it it seems as if that underlying thing is that you're, you're you are a ministry of helps. I mean, you help people even when you don't realize it. You are a fivefold teacher, a fivefold ministry teacher, and uh, very qualified and very good at that. But I see you, I mean, you are, uh, you, you shine. I mean, you really shine when you're helping people to achieve whatever it is that they're going after. Yes, um, I do see that. And um, I guess it's, but it's also the teacher in me that wants to make sure people have the notes, people have, you know, people have the recording, uh, that they're prepared because they can't move forward if they don't have the tools, you know, and, um, and and I've been that way, even in teaching in the hospital, when I always get the students, people don't like to get the students because, oh, they slow you down, but I always enjoy it, you know, um, I've always enjoyed it, taking them under my wing. Okay, let me show you this. This is how we do it. This is why, and, and observing and, and, um, and seeing their growth, I don't know, it just makes me, oh, now they can do it on their own. And um, uh, I remember going uh, at one of these conventions and I was helping one of the vendors and he was passing out, you know, samples and stuff. And I had people come up to me and they said, do you remember me? I used to be your student. I used to do it. And then he'd go and get some, let me go get, you know, I don't remember, I've been through, I've seen so many students at a time, you know, for them to come back and say, you taught me this, you showed me this, I became this, you know, I passed my test. And, and um, so it's like, it, it feels fulfilling. It's like a parent seeing their child, you know, come to, to maturity, you know? So I I enjoy that. I really like that. And um, it's, it's um, that thing of helps also comes from my mom. You know, and I learned from her, if you don't have much, you you share what you have, you know. And um, I remember she told a story. She she was telling me she she hired someone to come clear the weeds of the yard and shit. And uh, and then came lunchtime. She invited them in for lunch. She goes, you guys have been working hard. And the gardener says, no one invites us in. No one offers us a glass of water. She goes, we go to mansions. We go to rich people. And you're the first one. She goes, no, you're working hard. It's the sun. So come and have a meal, wash up, and then you can go back. So these little things I've learned from her, you know, that you don't have to be, you don't have to have a lot, but what you have, you share. And that's community. 
You know, that's kingdom. That's a kingdom yes, principle. Is. You know, yes, it is. So I grew up, even though it may not be what we're learning, I grew up seeing as an ex example, you know. And whenever people came from Mexico, you know, we didn't have much room, but she'd always house them until they got on their feet, you know. So there was always somebody coming in and out. And, and you do uh, the same. You do. <laughs> you do the same. You're all. I know. I know. I do. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be hosting Apostle Sandra because she's coming <laughs> to the conference. <laughs> so I learned from her. Okay. Yeah. I can. I can. That's where I learned from my mom. You know. It and sounds like the two of you were close. We were. We were. And this thing about being blessed and knowing that you're blessed. Um, when my mom had a stroke, um, I decided, okay, she's coming to the end. She already had a heart attack. She had a stroke and I was caring for her. I went part-time and my manager told me, well, there's no guarantee. I can't make you full-time. And I said, that's okay. If I have to get another part-time job afterwards, I will. And I said, but I don't want to regret not spending time with my mom. You know, so the days that I had free, I was able to, to visit with her. She was in a convalescent home, read to her, spend the day with her, show her that, you know, and listen to her stories, you know. And I wish I would have recorded some of her stories from before, but I didn't because she was a whiz in growing things. She knew herbs, what would heal you. Oh, this is good for an upset stomach. This is good for this. Oh, make a tea out of this leaf. And those are things that I didn't think about remembering or writing down, but um, so I'm interested in, in the herbal medicinal properties, you know, of plants and foods healing us. You know? That's an interest that really intrigues me. And um, so I ended up taking care of her for six months. I did finally go part-time and I knew she wasn't going to hire me back as a full-time person. And my mom was, had six months. I had six months with her and I told the Lord, okay, you're going to provide. You use me to bless people. And I know you're not going to stop blessing people. <laughs> I know you're going to use me. So I know, I don't know how I'm going to pay my mortgage, but you're going to do it for me. And you're still going to let me. And I did. So this is where you, your faith, you really believe and you know, you know, and you know that you're his child and you know that he has your back and you trust that he's going to provide. And he did. And I'll tell you, my income dropped $40,000 that year. And that's a lot to say. And you go, oh my God, you know, 40, you know, but I was able to refinance because of my, the lower income. I still continued. If I pick up an extra shift, I got overtime because it was over 32 hours. So, you know, I, I managed. And um, when I did my taxes, my tax preparer goes, what happened? I said, oh, I took, I went part-time. And he goes, but you, your giving never dropped. Your giving increased. Look at this charity that I said, well, I didn't think about it. I just wrote the check and send, you know, and he goes, I don't know how you did it, but you're getting a return back. <laughs> so I was blessed with that. And then 
the medical director came to me in December. Uh, he came to me in the middle of December. Tina, I want to know if you want to go full time. And I said, my mom is still ill, but the fact that you're coming to look for me is letting me know that her time is near. That's the Lord giving me a, a sign. Mm -hmm. And he goes, well, I'm going to make a request. I'm going to put in and I want you to come back because I need you. And I said, well, so-and-so said she wouldn't give me a full time. He goes, this is me. He, he goes, and I go, I, okay. He goes, he goes, it might take a while because I have to justify, I have to put in the request and, and how I'm going to do this. But he provided a way. Later on, I, I, I learned that my medical director who asked me to come back is a minister in the Chinese church. I didn't know that beforehand. <laughs> That's God putting me. And I go, okay, Lord, you know, you made the way. If you provided his trust, so I knew, and I was prepared for when she did pass, you know. And, um, but. You said you come from 10 children. Yes. So what's your relationship, I meant, you know, what's your relationship with your brothers and sisters? Okay, we're all it. None of us really talk to 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 whatever. I have a sister that lives in Arizona, but I still communicate with her. But after see, my mom died, and she turned to Jehovah Witness. Oh wow! Okay. Okay, and so my sisters became Jehovah Witness. I was the only one that didn't, and my brothers, you know, they didn't care. They were, you know, in gangs and everything. But out of my my siblings. My older brother, he came to know the Lord, and um, I'm close to him. And as a matter of fact, he helped me with my mom. He goes, I'm with you, whatever you decide. I can't do much, but the days you go to work, I'll be there with her. I can. So he's been my support. We support each other. And then um, my other siblings, because my mom passed as you know, they wanted everything Jehovah Witness, but I was the executor. And so there's tension there. There's oh, okay. tension there because, um, but they're coming around. They're coming yeah. around. At the moment. Now it's funny because even though they all, their children seek me out. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. Auntie, can you pray for me? Auntie, can you do, you know? And so they still want a connection. It's regardless of what their parents say, you know, it's like they're seeking me and like, why would she help you? I don't talk to her. Why would she do this for you? I don't, you know, it's like, so there, there's that cut, but it's slowly coming, you know, slowly they're coming to, to, to recognize and to see because, because they're the children are the one and the grandchildren, you know, they're, they're having babies, they're having little ones and, and they're calling and seeking me. So you're such a light. I can understand that because you, you, you know, this is not just a, a, a TV face. This is every time I've seen you, you know, I've seen you in person at some of the other uh, what meetings that we have mm -hmm. and all that. And every time I talk to you, every time I see you, I mean, I, I just, I I'm, I'm honored. I, it's like one of these things that um, you're really, you know, the name of this program is still telling it like it is. And you know, I'm blunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know that, but I, I, I see the light in you mm -hmm. and have about, uh, maybe five. Oh gosh. Time goes fast when you're having fun. We have about five more minutes. 
I'd like for you to release whatever it is that you want to release to the audience. Maybe if you, you have a prophetic word, if you have something that you want to say, if you have some things that you want to speak about as far as business is concerned or whatever it is, you just well, you help yourself to do it. Um, you know, it's, it's um, I've always worked, I've worked in the medical field and I've seen how God uses me because even then in taking care of, of patients, um, it's, I know the Holy Spirit has worked through me to take care of and to help diagnose patients. I've had patients come to me and, um, oh, the test is normal. This is this. And I look at them and I, and the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me let them go, you know, until I get them help. And I have one lady, everything, her, they checked her. She went to two different clinics and everything. The test came back normal, normal, normal. And then I had the doctor talk to her and I said, you have to see her. She's so fatigued. She's so tired. Her test came back normal, but it's on the low. It's like barely on the low normal. And he did an exam. It turns out she had a hole in her heart, congenital effect that they couldn't spot anywhere. And when she came back to me a month later, she had to have surgery. And not only that, her daughter had the same defect and they were able to stop it before anything changed. So he ordered oxygen for her and, and everything. And she came back a month later to do tests. She put her hand on me. She goes, you don't remember me. You're the one who got them to. And so she told me her story. And you know, that just brings tears when you go, oh my God. You know, at that point, I didn't know, but now I know how he's used us. And we just have to be obedient. When we hear him is, is continue to follow up with that word. And um, I know that, that um, the marketplace, right now it's like being in the marketplace. My, my ministry is really not as a preacher in front of a search. Mine is with people behind, like I said, behind the scenes. And I'm out in the marketplace. I mean, in the grocery store. And, and I've had Bible study with just four people and we're at Corner Bakery in front of everybody with our Bibles, drinking our coffee and, you know, and cause I feel like we have to be with people. They have to see that people have their Bibles, you know, that, that were there. And it's funny cause when we went there, there was a men's Bible study there. <laughs> here I am with four ladies and there was a men's, they said, oh, we come here every Wednesday morning. And so I said, oh, that's so awesome to see. Cause they had the same thing is that it's, being out and then when COVID hit and the you know the places were closed we would go to the park and be in the park you know and i said okay here we are now let's play some music on our iphones and we had worship flags and we're in the park worshiping and then singing and and because people had to see there's no fear in us that we you know embrace and if they stop or you know they could see us Joe Henry, just let us know. We got 30 seconds. seconds. Okay. So that's it. But that's oh. what I wanted to share. Um, oh, thank you so much. I thank you so much for being on this program. And you will come back again. Okay. Anyway, this is uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Baker, the Apostle Dr. Baker, still telling it like it is. Do not forget the uh, Love and Unity Convergence or Conference, the 2nd, 3rd, and 4th of June 
And if you want to give, all the information is on the screen. If you want to get in touch with uh, Tina, then you can get in touch with her through Love and Unity. Yeah. She's part of it. And I want to thank you again for being on the program. And I'll see you next time when I'm still telling it like it is. Bye-bye. Blessings, everyone. <laughs>